every time that I have really put in the time and the effort to get ready for these conversations, they go much better than I was expecting. There are times where I'm like, why did I spend five hours getting ready? And then it was so easy. And then I remind myself, the reason it was so easy is because I spent those five hours. Hello, everyone. It's Dr. Yvette Erasmus, and welcome to another episode of Conversations from the Heart. You are in the right place if you are longing to use words in authentic, kind, and direct ways to connect more deeply and to make a meaningful and positive impact on the world at home and at work. Do you want to have a new kind of conversation with both yourself and others? Let's dive in. So how do we prepare for a very challenging conversation? This happens all the time. Something will happen in a relationship. We get triggered. We are upset. We're longing for something. We want to invite somebody into a conversation that feels sticky in some ways. This is the majority of what I help clients with on a daily basis. How do I talk to my mother about her drinking problem? How do I talk to my partner about his anger problem? How do I create more emotional intimacy and deep, meaningful conversations with my best friend in a way that doesn't feel critical to them. Whatever it is that you're wanting to prepare for, I'm going to walk you through all of the different things that you can do to prepare for that conversation. Now, the number one thing is that you drop your attachment to an outcome. You want to get into that conversation with a mindset that you're doing the process of conversation differently, not that you're going to get something or avoid a particular outcome. That is the very, very first internal positioning that I'm going to suggest that you get to. And how we get there, I'll give you some steps. But you want to go in with an eye to who you want to be, regardless of the outcome. It's not how do I show up so that they don't feel hurt. How do I show up so that they don't get upset? How do I show up so that they don't shut down and stop speaking to me? Everything that you have like that as a condition is where you lose power and where you lose clarity. So you may want to make a list of all of those terrible things that you are trying to avoid or control or walk around and make yourself a bullet point list and take a look at them. I don't want people to be hurt. I don't want people to be upset. I don't want people to move away from me. I don't want them to disconnect from me. These, My attachment to these outcomes is going to interfere with my wisdom and clarity in the moment. And it's going to exert influence on how honest I'm willing to be in the relationship. Okay, so that's one piece. Drop your attachment to the outcome. If you need an outcome to be attached to, it is the outcome that I showed up with as much awareness and presence and skillfulness and kindness, directness, honesty. You fill in your values. But as much of that as I am able, that outcome is a worthy outcome. I showed up courageously. I was as kind as I could be. I was as honest as I could be. I was as transparent, as vulnerable as I could be, and I was as skillful as I could be. Nothing else matters, okay? Don't be controlled by it. So number one. So in order to get ready for these conversations, the first thing we want to do is create some time for ourselves to become more aware. Spend time 
doing some awareness work. And awareness work is about becoming more radically self-connected. You've got to know yourself. You've got to know what are the memories that are loading onto this conversation? What all has happened in the past? How much of what has happened in the past is about you and this person? And how much of what has happened in the past is being transferred from other experiences and other people onto this person? That's a whole body of work right there. Just figuring out, oh, I'm behaving with you like I used to behave with my mother. Oh, I see you as similar to my dad, and I'm doing the same things with you. I'm fighting with you in the way that I would fight with my dad. Where are the connections? This is awareness work. This is about going into your memory system. What images come up? What memories come up? Because your defensive system, which you want to love up and get to know, has evolved out of your particular set of experiences, your particular set of ways that you've been hurt or neglected or traumatized or abandoned or whatever it is that has happened to you, all of those painful experiences make up the unique personality of your warrior self and your camouflaging self and your adaptive, you know, the, the adaptive parts of you that know how to hide or become who other people need you to become or invade and fight or whatever it is that you've learned to do. They have to do with stuff that's happened to you, okay? And what we want to do in these hard conversations is get aware and clear about, oh, I'm still trying to have my 15-year-old fight with my brother, with my boss who reminds me of my brother. I want to know that, okay? As you do that kind of awareness work, often very helpful to employ a coach or a therapist or a healer or somebody who knows how to do that work, a shadow work expert, any of these people, best friend. It can be helpful to have another person to ask some questions, to talk things through. So you want to work on your memories. That's one thing. Examine your memories and become aware of any connections. Second thing, how much emotional charge is up for me? And does it feel in proportion to what actually happened with this person? Or does it feel like it's too big or too little according to what actually happened with this person? So... This is the practice of getting to the micro moment. So in nonviolent communication, we talk about getting to the neutral observation of what happened, the 40 words or less. When you walked in the door and said you're fired, this is the what happened, okay? I felt numb. It had no impact on me at all. Hmm. That might be a little of an underreaction, right? Like to have no response whatsoever. It might be. It might be super healthy. You decide. It depends on what's happening for you. So either I, I felt nothing, I felt dismissive, I noticed myself getting dismissive, or I felt intense shame and um, I wanted the, the, the ground to swallow me up. Is that reaction in proportion to the thing that just happened? If it is, great. If it isn't, then you're going back into memory work, okay? Then you're going back into what other things are charging up and loading onto this instance because this instance is likely a pattern of some other pattern that is getting emotionally charged up because I've had too many of them in my life. So again, take responsibility for the emotional charge and learn to re-regulate your nervous system and calm your nervous system so that you can be in the here and now. Next thing, number three, this is the awareness work and self-connection work. You want to get good at imagining, noticing what fears 
do I have about what could happen? What are my predictions of all of the bad things that could happen? Um, and that could be what we started off with, which is all of my fears of how you might react to me, what might happen if I am kind and honest, or if I'm honest and not kind. And also, it will give you some information about your attachments, okay? So your fears and your predictions, and then you want to also get aware of your enemy images and your judgments. So you can take some time to do a lot of journaling on what is wrong with them? What is wrong with me? What do I think they should be doing differently? What do I think I should be doing differently? In what ways am I blaming them and wanting to punish them or get revenge on them or coerce them or control them or make them suffer? Get that voice on paper. Get that voice conscious and aware and expressed. In what ways am I turning on myself? I think that I'm, you know, I need so much therapy. I'm a project that never changes. I am too much for people. I'm too bossy. I'm too intense. I'm too codependent. I'm too, what are all of the judgments? I'm not worth it. I don't matter. What are all of the ways that I judge and inhibit myself? That's another piece. So you want to know your pre-awareness work, your self-connection work is what's happening in your memory system what's happening in your emotionally charged system, what's happening in your fears and predictions. This is where your anxiety is going to get activated. And then what kinds of enemy images and judgments am I carrying about the situation? That is all my work to do before I ever even get into a dialogue. Once I know all of this, and as I'm getting to know all of this, your next practice is self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion. It is about learning how to sit with all of the stuff that you are carrying from your past, from your imagined future, from your history, in the here and now, all of the emotions, all of the judgments, all of the defenses, all of the ways in which you have adapted and survived up until now. It is about being able to look at all of it, become aware of it, and relax into it. Oh, I'm human like everyone else. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'm just like so-and-so. I mean, I am ordinary. I am not special. I am not that bad. I'm not that great. Here I am, a normal human being with stuff like every other human being. And this is my lovely stuff that I get to do something about. Okay? So you relax. There is nothing bad about you. All of these things that you're going to discover about you are things that I have discovered about me that other people have discovered about them. This is part of the human condition. Use it as a stepping stone into shared humanity and just relax. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to defend. There's nothing that bad about you. Okay? So one of the things that always helps me with this step is reminding myself that I am here for learning and growth. That's what I'm doing here. I'm here to keep learning. I'm here to keep growing. I'm here to keep becoming aware. And as I do the self-connection and awareness work, I'm right on track. I'm meeting my needs for discovery, for exploration, for learning, for growth, self-acceptance. Don't um, collapse as if you're a terrible, awful, horrible person. And don't get dismissive and grandiose, pushing the stuff away, thinking, oh, well, that's not me. I don't ever do that. That's not true about me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay. So you keep a learning and a growth focus. You commit to radical self-honesty and self-connection. You commit to really loving what you find and relaxing into your normal humanness because that's where you are the most lovable. Once you've done all of that, if there are any places that are feeling sticky that you just 
uh, you just don't like, you just can't accept about yourself. Then you go and you find people in your life, not the person you're trying to be skillful with, who can help you empathize with yourself. So if you are having a hard time with self-empathy, if you're having a hard time with self-acceptance, you take these stories, you take this material to some trusted other. You can always make an appointment with me. You can make an appointment with Lynn. You can make an appointment with your best friend, with your therapist, with whomever. And you tell them, I am having a hard time loving myself. There are some things I can't accept about myself. Would you bear witness to them and help me relate to them differently? And then you find some trusted others who will look at you with kind eyes and remind you, oh yeah, you're just like me. I love you anyway. You don't have to be perfect. You're good enough. You matter. Or whatever it is. Right? It, yeah, all of those conversations will have their own flavor depending upon the people and the content. Okay? Once you've done all of that, still not ready for the conversation, then you get aware, you do a nice NVC practice of getting aware of what is the micro moment that I want to talk about? Put it in neutral observation. When I heard that, or when I didn't hear this thing I was longing to hear, or when you did that, or when you didn't do this thing that I was wishing you would do, when this neutral event happened, what was I feeling? What was I needing? What was I wanting? Okay? So make that. What was I feeling? What was I needing? What was I wanting? What was I wanting here is not a request piece. It's an awareness piece. Once you have that all down, before you ever get into that conversation, you're going to make yourself a bullet point list of possible requests that you could ask in the conversation. Now, a request is, what could the other person do or say in the now that would help? Okay? And you, that is your work to do to figure out before you go in. If somebody came in and said you're fired and, I, and you're wanting to revisit that moment when you walked in and you said, I'm fired, you're fired, I went into shutdown. I felt so surprised and disoriented and I needed some space and time and I've given it some space and time and thought and I'd like to revisit that conversation. Request, would you be willing to set up a time with me right now or do you have five minutes right now? for me to run some things by you. Okay, that's the present moment request that I might ask for. So to sum up, you're going to get clear in your observations, clear in your feelings, clear in your needs and wants and desires, and then you're going to have a few present moment doable here and now requests at the ready that you might want to ask this person in dialogue. Then you are going to put yourself in the other person's shoes and you're going to imagine what would their neutral observation of me be? What would their feelings have been in that moment? What might they have been needing in that moment? What things might they be asking of from me? And you imagine, you put yourself in their position and you start thinking about what the world looks like from their point of view. What are their needs? What are their feelings? What are their requests? Now, this piece is imagination. We don't know. It's not your job to know. You don't have to be right. You are imagining, you are practicing your ability to take their possible perspective. What this does is it exercises the part of your mind that can hold both people's perspectives at the same time. It doesn't even have to be right at this point. 
It also inoculates you against potential information that you might find surprising because you have some time to start imagining, well, what if they think that I'm XYZ or what if they really needed, you know, communication and I just went into shutdown or what if they really needed some acceptance and empathy and I was pushing them away or what if they needed, you're going to speculate. This is not because you have to get them right. This is because you are developing the muscle of being able to hold a potential differing perspective inside of you. So you're doing it for that reason, okay? And you're also imagining what might they ask you for so that you can prepare for it. So you're going to do observation feeling needs for self, observation feeling needs requests uh, for self and for other. Okay, now we're getting close. This is a lot of preparation work. Now we're getting close to, we're going to approach the conversation and I'm going to get a clarity of intention. Remember, you're going to figure out, is my intention to connect with them, to understand them, to see them, to know them, to connect with myself, to be seen, to be known, to be connected with, or is my agenda to control them in some way? to get them to be different, to teach them something, to advise them something, to set a boundary with them, to tell them that it has to be different, whatever it is, but you just want to be aware of it. I'm not even going to say like, yes, connection is going to be more healing than control. The truth about where you're really coming from is more important than some kind of self-deception. So you're going to get a clarity of your intention. Now, what I, I always recommend that your intention be some sort of connection, but that's not always the case for everybody. So just be truthful with yourself and then work with yourself as you are. The second thing is I want you to imagine the best possible outcome. I want you to play it out and script it out. You can write it. You can practice it with someone. What is the best possible outcome? I say blah, blah, blah. And they say, oh, what am I longing to hear? They would say blah, 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 blah. Write that down. And then when they say that, I would say this. And then when I say this, they would say that. Play out your best case scenario and get that installed in your mind so that when you enter the conversation in real life, you've already created in your neural networks, in your consciousness, the most positive outcome that you can imagine it going Okay, and your energy will be different as you're coming in. Now, the very final thing, you're going to come as skilled as you can, as aware as you can, with as much openness as you can. The last thing to do is to make a list of all the possible things you're afraid they might do. What are you, what are you scared they might say? What are you scared they might do? What do you think is probable based on your past experiences? And then make a plan for each one of those potential unwanted outcomes. How are you going to stay grounded in your goodness, rooted in love, aware, present, skillful in each of these things? So you can literally go through all of the things that they'll probably say this and then I'll do that. And then they'll probably say this and then I'll try this. That way you get to give yourself the space and the time to be thoughtful about all of the things that could be thrown at you and you get to prepare for them. And depending upon the conversation, another thing that can be helpful, this is the last thing, is a way of disengaging if and when it's too much for you. So that when you're in that conversation, you can trust yourself 
to stay engaged while it's feeling like good practice and while it's feeling generative and while it's at the edge of your capacity. And if at any point you notice yourself getting hijacked or triggered or it's really derailing, have your disengagement scripts ready, okay? And they can sound something like, I notice myself getting a little bit more activated. I need a break. Could we come back to this in an hour? Right? It could be anything like that. But have it at the ready so that you're not deer in the headlights in the actual conversation. So those are some of my tips and tricks. It is a lot of awareness work. It is a lot of preparation work. But I tell you, every time that I have really put in the time and the effort to get ready for these conversations... They go much better than I was expecting. There are times where I'm like, why did I spend five hours getting ready? And then it was so easy. And then I remind myself, the reason it was so easy is because I spent those five hours. Okay, so take the time up front instead of doing the repair work on the back end. And when you need repair work, we have a module coming up all on repair work because sometimes it just doesn't work and then we need to revisit. But these are some of the good things that you can do to get ready for a hard conversation. All right, have fun, go practice. Just a friendly reminder, if this episode resonated with you, please share with your family, friends, and coworkers. And if these conversations leave you wanting more, please consider joining my monthly membership program where you can join me live to keep growing with a community of open-hearted, like-minded people just like you. There are more free resources, including a quiz to help you assess your preferred listening style at yvetteerasmus.com and a lot of free videos on my YouTube channel. Remember, personal growth is a journey and not a destination. So please keep loving up all your awkward, messy and imperfect parts as you go. See you next time.